That's right, an alarm clock, an alarm clock. That's right, because it's early. It is early this week, a very special upload. And if you're going to upload a show this early, who else are you going to have on? But the sleepy assassin, Austin Felix, on... Bob Cobb for the Bassmaster. Welcome to Mercer. What in the world is going on? And why is this podcast up so early? It's, it's, it's Mercer, but it's Mercer in the morning. I don't know that we will stick with this, but you never know what you're going to get on this show. There's a lot of great fishing podcasts out there, and a lot of them happen on Wednesday night. And we keep going head to head with all these podcasts and ruffling feathers. I don't want to do that. I want to get along with everybody, but I'm only going to do it if it's exactly what you guys want. Because as you know, ah, this is the thirstiest podcast on earth and we want to continue growing. So you guys let me know, would you rather see Mercer in the morning? I promise I won't sing that all the time. Would you like these shows to be uploaded Wednesday mornings, or would you like to stick to stick to Wednesday evening at six o'clock as we have? Um, regardless of where we go, I mean, whenever the show gets done, it gets done. We'll get it up. There's going to be some problems with the morning show if that's the direction we go. But if that's what you guys want, we will overcome those problems and we will give it to you. Happy Hump Day, and thank you for joining us here on Wednesday. It is also World Cerebral Palsy Day. It is also World Financial Planning Day. Lord knows I need that. And it is Random Acts of Poetry Day. So um, you might hear some poetry on this show, but what you're going to hear this week is very different. Week after week, I try to give you guys a good exchange with anglers and people. Interesting show. And I try to ask different questions than you see in a lot of the podcasts and, and try to give you guys a different side of these amazing anglers. But this week is going to be a different one because you just don't see this guy on a lot of podcasts. You don't hear him opening up a lot. I mean, and that's what the coolest thing about the Elite Series is and every tournament circus, these amazing anglers, um, you don't always get to see it. But I think it's amazing when you do see behind that guarded wall. And this guy has had an incredible amount of success in just two years on the Elite Series. Already won a Rookie of the Year title. And today... I get to get inside the head of the sleepy assassin, one Austin Felix. The sleepy assassin has been kind enough to to wake from your hibernation period, I guess. Well, what are you doing now, Austin Felix? What do you do? The Elite Series is done. What does the sleepy assassin do when the Elite Series ends? Oh, I mean, this year we ended so early. I, I had a lot of time to do nothing early. <laughs> I, uh, once the season was over, once we got our new schedule, I ran out to Oahe and looked around there and did a little bit of fun fishing. To be honest, I haven't really done too much. I fished my first local tournament this year, a week or two ago with a buddy of mine, Andy Young on Mille Lacs, just for fun, but it's been pretty low key, just hanging out, kind of trying to get things back in order for next year already trying to get on top of the ball and ready to go with supply shortages everywhere it's it's been crazy so is it like stuff the 
Or is it hitting all you guys? Because everybody wants to look in there and be like, well, it just affects me, but it, it's affecting all the pros as well, correct? Oh, yeah, it's wild. There's everybody. The biggest names in our sport are running out trying to find motors in the making back alley deals and just doing whatever they can just to make sure they have a a boat for next year and that's part of the reason I haven't even put my 2021 boat up for sale is because I got to make sure everything's in order because the last thing you want to do is show up to St. John's in February and not have a trolling motor or something. It's probably exactly how you imagined right when you were a little kid dreaming of one day being a pro angler that that all of a sudden you'd make it as a pro angler, but there'd be a product shortage everywhere. I mean, how strange is that? It's, it's really weird how there's always something, no matter where you get, it's like when you're a kid, you just want to fish professionally, you get to the opens. Oh, I just want to make it to the elites. And then everything's going to be smooth sailing. and <laughs> you get there and you're like, God, now I got to find sponsors. And now, now I got to find, equipment it's just there's always something that's like trying to hold you back it seems like so tell me about getting there because i i mean the best thing that i the thing i like about doing this is is the opportunity to you know really just talk one-on-one with somebody and get to know them a little bit and there's a lot of people who have seen you whether it be through the flw your flw experiences or what you've done in the elite series but they don't know an awful lot about austin felix when did this dream start for you uh, I got really big in high school. Like I graduated in 2003, so it was before the whole high school fishing deal. Yeah. But it was kind of the time I came to the realization that there's absolutely no way I'm going to be able to like play baseball or something as a, <laughs> as a sport. So I kind of went from playing weekend sports and playing high school sports to focusing all my time on fishing. Like my senior year, I ran track and field in the spring and on more than one occasion, I would tow my boat and have it parked in front of the track and have it parked in front of the track meet because my senior year, I had most of my stuff done in time. So I'd have like third and fourth period, third and fourth period off. So I'd have like three hours. So I literally bail on school at like 10, 30, 11 and go fish for a few hours and pull back in with my boat parked there to run track. And <laughs> I actually got chewed out once or twice from the coach about not practicing enough and not spending enough time on track because they, they thought I was going to get wore out out there fishing or something. It was, it was something. What track event did you compete in? I actually ran the 110 hurdles and the high jump. Wow. So you're a leaper. I, I had <laughs> no idea that you, 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 you're a guy who can jump. Yeah, I, mean, I was. I can't get was. very far off the ground anymore. <laughs> but yeah, I was. And it's funny because I'm not a really tall guy. I'm maybe 5'11 or whatever. And generally, at least in high jump, all the guys are 6'4", 6'5", kind of deal. So I'd walk up there and just be like, what's up, everybody? <laughs> but like, I was really good at it. I had really good form or whatever. Like I said, I'm 5'10", 5'11". I think the best I ever cleared was six feet. So I could physically jump over my own head at one point. You can jump. You could jump six feet at one point in your life. Yeah. Wow. How, 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 I mean, I obviously it's regressed a little bit. I mean, it's not, a, <laughs> it's not a skill. Most pro anglers need to have. How high do you think you could jump right now? If you had to, uh, I could probably get over five. 
still pretty impressive. Yeah, like when I was in seventh and eighth grade, they still had track and field, although it wasn't like high school track and field. It was like all the little kids would run out there and do whatever you want, and half of them would just lay on the mats for most of the most of the day. But yeah, I could still do that, like five two, five four, when I was in eighth grade. So I feel like I should be able to still do that. Wow! Wow! See the see the things we're learning already. <laughs> so you said you played baseball to fairly into your twenties, were you? Yeah. I, I, uh, I played some like town team ball with friends who I played with in high school. We kind of built a team and I jumped in there for a couple of years, but at the time it was double headers every Sunday. And as you can imagine, Sundays are pretty important to fishing. So I would show up when I could. And then it kind of just like devolved into, I just, it, it wasn't the deal anymore if I wanted to focus on fishing. So when you finished high school, was that the, I'm going to fish for a living. Is that always been the goal or, I mean, I know you did some collegiate fishing, I assume. Yeah. Uh, when I graduated high school, I went to community college for a year and basically wasn't overly motivated to be there. So <laughs> I still got I still got B's and C's and like I had decent grades I I could usually do well enough with just like working at it a little bit but I wasn't motivated so after a year I basically went to my parents was like I want to take a year off I they were paying for it so they were they were all right with me not just going through the motion and that turned into like three or four years and basically I, I worked as a tire technician and I fished or hunted all the time. And like, that's when I actually really like grew my relationship with Seth at the time during hunting season. And those like three or four years, we pretty much did just about everything together. And I felt like that was kind of my education, learning how to fish. And I, I feel like it really helped me. But at the same time, I knew I wanted to make sure that I actually did get back to school at some point. So yeah. after three or four years, I went back part time and then I transferred to the University of Minnesota and like essentially designed my own business major. And I got to fish with the University of Minnesota fishing team for roughly a year and a half. Uh, it was definitely, I, I didn't really think about the professional side of bass fishing. Like I thought it was a really cool dream, but I also was under this misconception that I had to have as much local knowledge everywhere across the country as we do back here home. Yeah. Cause if you want to compete, I, I'm sure you've heard about the lake. Minnetonka tournaments and of course, stuff yeah. and the other guys around here. But if you want to compete at that local level, there are so many guys that are so incredibly good. I'm sure it's the same whether you go to Gunnersville or whatever, but you basically have to be on the water every day to compete consistently. And uh, yeah, I was just at this misconception, misconception that you had to have that kind of knowledge all the way across the country, no matter where you were going to compete against pro level anglers. And it was being able to travel essentially for free through college fishing that really opened my eyes that as long as you have an understanding of how bass work 
and uh like you do a bunch of research and kind of like get all that down you don't have to know where every rock pile is where every little secret sneak hole is and you can still be competitive so it was college fishing that taught you that yeah it was it i had never fished with the exception of Minnesota and Wisconsin and maybe running the table rock once or twice early spring before our lakes open. I had never fished bass outside of our general region. So being forced to run to Kentucky Lake and then the Detroit River and then Lake Kiwi kind of right by Hartwell and uh, just like move around and like sample all these different regional lakes it, it really it kind of made me realize hey i have the ability having success doing that that maybe we can still make it work and fortunate enough to win the flw college national championship and once that happened i was kind of like all right i want to i want to shoot my shot <laughs> i want more yeah uh, so what where would you say your career is right now uh, I mean, you've accomplished a few things. You know what I mean? I think you've really made a big move in the last few years on the Elite Series, obviously winning Rookie of the Year. And uh, But in your when you assess where your career is right now, how do you feel about it? I feel really good about it. I feel like it's still, a, in a way, sort of in its infancy. Uh, I feel like I have momentum going in the right direction to kind of make this like a lifelong career and I've had enough success that I I kind of reaffirm my idea that I can be successful out here then but yeah I still really feel like there's a lot I need to do it's very difficult the fishing isn't really the hard part for me. I don't think like, once I'm fishing, no matter what the level is, it seems like once you're on the water, you're just going through the motions like anything else. It doesn't. It's where you're meant to be. Yeah. But like, there's so much more to it, whether it's the sponsor side or just getting your name out there or just like building this brand or making sure that you're, you take care of the financial side of things yeah. that you really don't think of. And it's, it's, it can be stressful. It's I've gotten really into like finances in the stock market in the last few years, just because we had a bunch of time off and stuff. So I've been doing a lot of trading and stuff because you just think about it. It's not like we have a 401k or something to no. fall back on to. And you, Ideally, you want to be one of those anglers that when you're done or when you're late in your life, you're not scratching for a paycheck. Do you like this part of the industry? I mean, do you like the, these? And I don't mean me personally, and I'm not going to take this in a bad way, but the, you know, doing podcasts and these, this, or would you rather just be left alone to just go fishing in a perfect world? Uh, like the podcasts and stuff, the interactive stuff, I, I enjoy a lot. I, I have no issue with any of that. It's fun. I could really take or leave like the social media side of things. Just, I don't know. I'm not very good at it. I don't think <laughs> I'm not. 
I find it really hard to sit there and talk to myself. Like, I don't know how you do this constantly on yeah. the podcast, but like, I'll listen to you or any of the guys. And I'm like, he's really just like staring at a GoPro right now <laughs> and just talking for an hour. And yeah. I, I don't, I, I, I don't know. I don't do that well. That side of it but if it's interactive if i have somebody to chat with i'll chat all day about bass fishing that and just as far as making posts and everything i always feel like if i put something on instagram or on social media i want it to be really cool yeah like so i ignore a ton of stuff that's probably good enough and that people would enjoy but at the same time like if i don't have a really cool picture up from my lawrence graph or a really big fish or whatever it's just like it's not worth it or that or i get so focused during tournaments or during practice that i'm like oh i completely bailed on that when i should have <laughs> taken a picture of anything just to let people know and it's it's frustrating do, do pro does today's pro anglers and I, I mean i know the answer to this before i even ask it but uh, I don't know if everyone understands the immense amount of pressure you guys get put under by companies to continue to grow that social media brand. Like I, at one time it was okay to just be the guy who caught him and, and talked about it on stage. But now off season, there is no such thing as an off season. Cause it's, it's what are you doing this week? Yeah. Yeah. That's, what really i feel like that's a big step in this whole deal and it's a kind of a step that i haven't completely gotten over yet <laughs> but uh yeah it's it's a year-long thing and i know there are some guys that like to turn it off or switch to hunting and that's what i like to do more than anything but it's it's i don't know it's it's tough to keep at it that's how i feel about social media yeah no and 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 i think it's 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 a horrible really when you think about it i think in general it's a we'll look back at social media and it's the most anti-social thing we've ever done and it's also not good for people you know what i mean like you don't need to hear from somebody after a bad tournament about how you screwed up the fantasy fishing team. You don't, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of stuff that, and I just think like, I look at all kids now and I'm like, when you're a kid, even the cool kid with very few exceptions, even the coolest kid in school, they don't think they're that cool. But, but the difference is nowadays kids have a way to, judge that you know what i mean like by how many likes something gets it's it, it, i think it's a really um destructive thing really long term i think when you look at how i mean it brings a lot of good stuff and and somebody who does a show that if it goes out in social media probably shouldn't say this but i totally i get where you're coming from i mean there's a lot of bad that's involved in social media yeah it's a it's a huge marketing tool and it's something it's a necessary evil i guess or something you have to embrace if you're doing this but everything in moderation <laughs> do you think your personality i mean the, the reason that i started calling you the sleepy assassin is is just simply because you're so mellow i mean uh your mannerisms when you hook a fish you know what's going on it's all business and i and i think it's I think that's one of, I personally, from watching, I think it's an advantage for you where there's a lot of people that are distracted and putting on a show 
and you're already making your next cast, which I think is really smart. Do you think your personality, I mean, obviously as a person, you're kind of a mellower person. Do you think that helps you in this line of work? Uh, and the fish, fishing aspect or like being on the water and actually during a tournament, absolutely. Uh, I really get very task oriented when I'm, when I'm actually going through the motions, whether it's when you catch your fish, it's up, where's the next cast, where's the next fish going to come from. And it, it, I think it hurts me, like you said, on live or personality wise, because I don't have the huge blow ups and maybe don't get on sports center or anything like their catch of the day stuff, unless I almost fall out of the boat. But, um, but yeah, as far as tournament wise, whether we're at a regular lead event or it, it's really helped me when I've moved up because I lose focus of where I'm at as far as the level of anglers I'm fishing against, even fishing the classic. It was, I had a lot of nerves before we pulled out of there, but once the classic started, it was flipping bushes and where's the next pitch, where's the next fish going to come from? And I don't get overly excited when I catch a big one, but at the same time, it doesn't, I don't get overly worried if I'm running behind schedule. It's just, all right, keep with the plan. What's next. Once I'm done with this spot, you kind of break it down. You, you narrow it down all the way to your next cast or next flip, but you also think wider, like, okay, when I'm done with this spot, where's my next stop where am i stopping here and like it's just a lot of variables are running through my head at all times scenarios if i catch a bunch more here where do i want to be next if i don't catch them here how do i want to switch it and that's just the kind of stuff that's running through my head that leaves me not a lot of time to hop around and scream and get overly spun out well, no, and and I think that you know I've you've heard me say it a, a bunch of times at angler meetings. I think it's smart when somebody tries to be something they're not. It never works out. You know what I mean? It always becomes this weird, awkward. You should be yourself, and people will be gravitated to to a, a genuine person. And I and I think that um, I think there is an advantage to your personality. I mean, uh, there's other people that probably go way over the top too much and and it and it is a negative when you really think about it i mean i've always said the only person that really has been over the top personality was when they're actually fishing when you think of like the the guys who have accomplished the most the hall of famers is really iconelli i mean he's the only spaz but but honestly when i call him a spaz but when he's competing there is a calmness that goes over him and you're like how there's times when you look at Iconelli and you're like, how's that dude, the bad boy of bass fishing? So I, I think that the mellowness is, is a big part of, of being a, a successful professional angler. Yeah. And I like to cut up more and like have some fun when I'm off the water. I, I'm not nearly as stoic or mellow as <laughs> believe it. I am on the water when I'm really focused on something, but it, it it's just my comfort level when I'm around certain people versus when I'm around the public is it's something that's totally different as well. 
Yeah, and, and I, I get that. I, again, that's just you being you, you know. Um, what angler on the Elite Series? Is there anglers on the Elite Series that you look at and you're like, that dude inspires me to work harder? To work harder? I mean, I'm inspired by a lot of these guys. Like, obviously, like, they all have their almost niches and their abilities that blow me away, whether it's like Welcher's social media ability or like Swindle's ability just to like command whatever he's doing, whether it be on stage or in front of a camera or anything, it blows my mind away. A lot of that stuff really impresses me more than the fishing side of thing. Cause all the guys at this point are so good at bass fishing and they all, we all essentially put in the same amount of time cause there's only a set amount of time we can, but it's, it's the off the water stuff that boggles my mind for some of these guys, their ability to put out six, like, I don't know how you put out, this podcast every week and put out a TV show and still come to all. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I mean, I just think it's, it's, it's just, it's a job. I mean, I don't know how a dude digs a ditch. Really. That's what motivates <laughs> me. I'm like, there's a dude right now digging a ditch somewhere listening to this podcast that is like, I'll show you some real work. I don't want to be showing that real work. So I guess, and, and part of it, dude, is I really love what I do. You know what I mean? So you saw how this show comes together. It literally is, hey, I'm texting you and I'm like, what's up? How are you? Do you have time to do a podcast? And I'm going to have a conversation with somebody that I'm genuinely interested in. What I could think I have if I had to do this job and I had to interview people that from other sports or people that, and I think I'd find interest in anyone, but I just think it, the, the key of it to be genuinely interested in what you do. And maybe if I was a better angler, I'd be a lot less of a talker. There's also that theory. I mean, I'm such a good angler. I became a tournament MC, Austin. That's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> um, it. Uh, I've never asked anyone. I think I've asked you this privately, but I, I don't know that I have. I've definitely never asked you publicly. I mean, I don't ever run by nicknames by people. But do you like the sleepy assassin nickname that I have labeled you with? <laughs> yeah, I like it. I've. I've learn to steer into it i've had people come up and just like i don't like it i hate it and i'm like well good thing it's not your nickname <laughs> but uh, why don't they like it because i say you're sleepy or I you're an assassin they, i don't know i'd really i haven't looked that much into it there's just for whatever reason they have not like like one of my close friends you probably know who he is matt stefan when he heard it, oh he yeah like, oh that's terrible Oh, wow. Screw you, Matt Stefan. Yeah. I like it. So. <laughs> I hope Matt Stefan's on the Elite Series one day. I'll feel so much pressure. I, he's never getting a nickname, guaranteed. I couldn't oh. uh, buckle to that pressure. But but honestly, <laughs> the reason I called you that is because you are so mellow. Like, when I see you in the morning, I mean, look at the last two guests on this show. 
I mean, Takumi Ito, when I see him in the morning, when he's in his boat, he is literally bounding back and forth from compartment to compartment. He is a nonstop ball of energy. When I see you, you're like you are here, just laid back, relaxed, you know. And then when I'm watching you compete, I mean, you, I was watching, I think it was Sandy Cooper, wasn't it? It was Santee, mm -hmm. wherever it was. And I'm watching, I'm like, dude, the dude is like so... Like, I mean, you just hook up and I'd be like, does he have a fish on or doesn't he have a fish on? Like, <laughs> But you were an assassin, man. You were moving up the leaderboard. So I don't know where it got came from, but it isn't meant to be bad. But no, sorry, I like Matt Stefan, I, I <laughs> did not mean to insult you by calling your friend the sleepy assassin. No, I just think you thought it was corny or something, kind of. But what is kind of supposed to be? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the, and when I heard it and when we spoke that first time and you were talking about how like I had just showed up that year and like how I'd already been wearing pajama pants on FLW and stuff, I'm like how like that just blew my mind the type of research you do because I'm like why does he know that on FLW tour I wore pajama pants under my bibs most of my time. And it was like, it just like stuff like that. Like you don't realize how invested a lot of these, like our fans or yourself or how much research you do into all this stuff. It like, it legitimately shocked me when you brought that up. Well, I mean, my job's no different than your job, right? I mean, you go to bodies of water that are different and, and plus I'll be honest again, it's my job, but it's also my passion. You know what I mean? Like, I, I swear to you, I did not learn about your pajama pants doing research. I learned about your pajama pants following tournaments. I'm obsessed with tournament fishing. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's, and dude, if you wear freaking pajama pants when you <laughs> fish, people are going to notice. I mean, and, and people who, like cheesy things like me, not Matt Stefan, but me, uh, <laughs> we, we, we find, you know, dude's got pajama pants. So, I mean, it stood out. I'm sorry. Um, and I like it. So some people like, let's, let's, we'll find out after this podcast, if anybody listens to the podcast likes it. The other thing that you like that I have never talked to you about that I think a lot of people talk to you about because I just find this so bizarre, but what, what's up with the Harry Potter obsession? <laughs> Uh, it's just, I, when I was growing up, I read all the books, obviously, and everything. I was really into it. I was one of the kids that you pre-order everything and like it showed up the first day it was available and you basically burn through it nonstop. But it, like, I just liked them. It wasn't really anything, sort of an obsession at the time. But once I started traveling across the country so much, I would get really burned out from just listening to the radio or whatever. So I started listening to audiobooks and listened to a few other random things. But then I got the, the full catalog of the Harry Potter audiobook section. And that's like, like it's like 150 hours of listening between wow. all of them. So basically I could just pop it in there and it's essentially 
like just go and just tell you a story and i found it was way more enjoyable driving doing it that way so i've listened to all of them i've listened to the whole catalog probably five or six times at this point but and then it became a weird thing i started i would listen to it on the way to the boat ramp for every tournament and I, it just kind of became a ritual to me like i'd pull up and it would be playing in the background at flw because i'd like have my door open and i'd be doing whatever and people kind of caught on to it and it was another one of those deals like i just kind of leaned into it because there's a huge cult follower following and it's really it's really funny the people who walk up to you and like recognize little things because what a lot of people might not realize if you haven't been to the tournament it's like i've put random quotes from the book like on my boat mm -hmm. it's got random like i've got little symbols and golden snitches on the front of my boat and just other stuff stuff that isn't super recognizable if you don't know what you're looking at but at the same time when people walk up and talk to me about it or like get excited about it, i just get a kick out of it does that happen often like how often like is it every tournament uh, what what is a harry potter fan called like is there a term are they potters or are they what are they? <laughs> no i don't think there's a term yet there's not there's not like trekkies or anything like that nothing okay so so how often do you get question about harry potter uh i feel like i get somebody walks up to me about and says something or mentions it almost every event at least if i make it past two days yeah where there's actually a crowd around but wow, it, wow. Yeah, dude it's huge like i know ridiculously huge Who's who's your Harry Potter character? Are you like a Harry Potter fan? Are you a fan? Like, is there one character stands out that the like? If you had to be one, which would it be? My fate. Oh, if I had to be one, that's very different. I my favorite character is probably Dobie. Okay. The House well, of. I, I don't know that well. Tell me about that that character. <laughs> uh, Why do you like that character? How he's just really eccentric but with a huge heart and he actually spoiler alert dies in the book but he like he's got the biggest heart in the whole book and will do anything for his friends although his like his actions don't always work out the way he wants them to <laughs> do you feel you relate you relate <laughs> with that character is that is that what, why or you i just don't know not uh, not in the sense i just uh, i just really like him i don't know wow i should probably get a dolby decal on my boat but it's got a lot of decals on it already yeah yeah the dolby one probably doesn't pay very well i imagine no and that's the thing yeah the golden <laughs> snitches like kind of take up the whole nose of my boat kind of like you know how some guys have like fighter pilot teeth yeah. or whatever on it so i did that thing but it, it takes up a good amount, and it's like, golly, I should probably be selling that spot. <laughs> so, who knows? Uh, Maybe the folks that, from Harry Potter will see this podcast, and who knows? Yeah, right. Would that be JK your dream rap? Like, if you could get a rap from anybody, would it be like the cupboard under the stairs boat? Would that be your? <laughs> <laughs> that be your dream? That'd be brilliant. I mean, like. I like this enough. Every year we end up starting in Florida. Yeah. Every year. Uh, 
my girlfriend's a high school teacher. So yeah. uh, every year she'd fly down kind of, she'd take a few days off and fly down like in between our events, either before or after when we were there. And for like the last, with the exception of COVID last year for the three years previously, you're we always around Orlando. So we at least spend one day going to Universal and wandering around the, the Harry Potter world or wizarding world of Harry Potter. We do that and then do a bunch of other stuff all week. And just like, it's essentially her spring break for it. But yeah, wow. for three years in a row, we went and did that. It's pretty fun. So she's, a, she's into Harry Potter too. Yeah, she is. I feel like more so since she started dating me, but that's not bad, right? No, not bad at all. Not bad at all. I mean, it's, it's, I somehow I oddly want to go to that park with you guys. I really, I feel like I could, I could go with the two of you. I mean, I'm hung out with you guys a little bit at the classic and I feel like the three of us could go visit the Harry Potter. I mean, I could learn a lot. I'm sure I really, I don't, <laughs> I don't think I know a lot about Harry Potter, but I'd like to learn. Um, we did learn some stuff about you and you, you can choose to skip over this if you wish, but your name was brought up and I don't know if you've heard about it yet, but Matt Robertson said that he's got a beef with you on this very podcast. Um, and, and it was jovial up to that point, but he said he had a beef with you and you guys sorted it out. And he said, but the, like the day after you guys sorted it out, he saw you at like the bolt ramp that morning you were talking and he was like standing there putting his boat off and you took off and got his feet wet. So now he has a, beef with you getting his feet wet did you realize did you do that intentionally no i never knew we had a beef in the first place like uh, uh a buddy of mine bart bartuchek he travels around he's a videographer for yeah. some of the guys and he does my tournament recap videos apparently matt was on a different podcast or something and they asked him they asked him a question. It was, you know, the movie Kingpin. It's yeah, 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 movie. yeah. Kingpin. Well, yeah. Bernie oh. McCracken was essentially like the bad guy in that. Yeah. And apparently he was asked, who is your Ernie McCracken? And he said it was me. And like, to be completely honest, with the exception of one thing on Gunnersville, we haven't really crossed paths at all. And the Gunnersville incident, I guess you'd call it, was just a practice day. I was literally just driving like 40 miles an hour down the middle of the lake, trying to like figure out where I wanted to go next, you know, like, okay, what yeah. should I look at? And at some point he was up next to me running or something and me just being just oblivious. I was like eased over in front of him and he had to come off and, we talked about it at the boat ramp, but I was like, oh, shoot. Like, I had no idea. Like, my bad. And told him I was sorry about it. But other than that, like, I'd, I haven't really had any connection with him. So I, I, I'll i have to listen to the podcast again. But it, it's, yeah, I don't know. Like, Yeah. He tells a story very similar to you. Like he said, we had some. He didn't even go into that much detail. But he said we had it and we talked about it at the boat ramp. But then he took off from the boat and he got my feet wet. So he, you pissed him off, I guess. I don't know. But you want to fight him? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> how, 
How awesome would it have been if you were like, yes, let's fight. First <laughs> tournament, Palaka, Florida. <laughs> no, uh, he kind of laughed about it. So obviously, I don't, I don't think it was it was very serious. But I mean, uh, right. we can make like a, I guess, like. Rap feud out of it or it's like the cell. Maybe, something, I don't know. I'm sure we could figure something out. I mean, a lot more people watch this podcast if you just look at that screen and trash talking for a few minutes. I mean, <laughs> it would help me, but um, no, I, I get it. That you, how often does that happen on the water? Like, you know what I mean? I don't mean like conflict? we'll talk about you, but 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 conflict as far. I mean, it, it's natural that it, there's going to be conflict. Um, you're competing um, against each other. I mean, it. Uh, most of the time, like I've never really been in that I can think of into something that de-escalated more than just like stern words between two guys. Hey, you're, but I mean, that's the way, yeah, I, I think it happens to some guys a lot more than others. I mean, and there are some guys that probably have reputations for yeah. that, but yeah, I can really only think of the only other one I can think of that happened last year was Lake Fork, and it was actually uh, oh boy. Uh, <laughs> you don't need to open up if you don't want to. No, it was ah, uh, I'm trying. Drew Benton and myself uh, on Fork the first day, like <laughs> we were. Uh, we, it was it was a bed fishing tournament, so like. He was going to be debated like, at a bed fishing tournament. That's it, it, it's obviously going to be a little more heated because, like, everybody kind of knows. Well, he was on the opposite side of a, of a smaller pocket, and I pulled in and was idling to the other side of it at a relatively high rate of speed because I'm going to check one bed. And I seen him like turn around and kick the trolling motor on high and like beelined it. We both kind of like came up, and I'm like, okay. He's like, you really going to cut me off? And I'm like, you get the whole pocket. But he got, he got in front of me and I'm like, ah, it's fine. Whatever. We, I turned around and just like idled out and went to my next one. And end of the day, it was like, Hey, no arm feelings. And he's like, Oh no, we're good. Whatever. Like that's the extent of what it is. Like, yeah, you have to like, nobody was really in the wrong. It was like, somebody got there first and that's yeah. like, as heated as it gets. And, and I always, point out to people like when you see somebody arrive somewhere or somebody says something and they're on the, you also have to take into account the frustration of somebody that's just run there and wants to you know what i mean like that it's it's competition too though it's it's you're trying to beat each other so i mean i think what you just explained is you're going to have situations like that but at the end of the day as long as it gets talked out at the trough and everybody's cool and 99 percent of the time that's my experience you know what i mean it's it's uh i don't know how we got down this dirty dirty I mean, <laughs> we went from harry potter to fighting on the Bassmaster elite that's series that's what people want to talk about or want to hear about like you it, it very rarely devolves into like shouting matches or big insults but you can name the few times over the last 10 years on the elite series that it has pretty easily and like they become big moments just because people like drama for whatever reason. But yeah, you know, for the most part, we all work together. We're all 
largely friends off the water and even on the water. It's just there are moments in time where you have to play defense or do whatever you have to do to ensure your own success. Yeah. Yeah, no, and 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 I think it, it's no different than any other sport. You know what I mean? Like, you see it in every single sport. Like, you can't expect – I think it's one of the things wrong with our sport in some ways. Everybody's a good guy. You know what I mean? There's never – like, I, I think we could use a few villains. And, and uh, not saying that it's, you're one of them at all, but I'm just saying that it, it's to love – the New York Yankees, you gotta hate the Boston Red Sox. To love the Red Sox, you gotta hate the Yankees. You know what I mean? There's part of that in sport that exists, and and um, I feel like um, if you love baseball, you have to hate the Yankees. But I guess that's just me. There you go. <laughs> Are you so? Is baseball your sport outside of fishing? Because that would do you follow baseball still today? Yeah, I follow the Twins and the Vikings pretty consistently and that's part of the reason i don't like the yankees it seems like my whole at least adult life every time we've made the playoffs as the twins we've gone <laughs> three and out to the yankees every single i think we're like oh and 11 in the playoffs against them over our last 11 appearances or something so i don't have i have very strong feelings for <laughs> hatred <laughs> hatred yeah hatred um, well, I mean, I'm glad to know that, that, that you and Matt are not going to fight. I'm glad to know that if you beat the Yankees, you will fight them, though. <laughs> Correct? Uh, I'll fight them on message boards. And, <laughs> but not, and when I'm not in New York, like, I'll never bring this up. I love going fishing in New York, but I'm never going to bring up my disdain for the New York Yankees on on stage or anything it's just bad idea it's like going going down to gunnersville and making fun of the college football team like you probably won't make it out of the state yeah yeah every once in a while somebody does that and they think it's going to be hilarious it's the dumbest thing ever <laughs> you're in a crowd full of people that cheer for that team i don't care how many of your buddies back home are going to pat you in the back they're going to hate you i mean it's just uh but but as a wrestling fan i kind of enjoy some of those moments I, and I enjoy these moments. I enjoy talking to you on, on our silly little podcast. But before I leave you, let me know what what this is. This will be your third season on the Elites, correct? Starting? Mm-hmm. Where, how are you different today versus your first season on the Elites? And what is the goal for this season? Uh, I'm a lot calmer now, definitely. <laughs> Like, believe it or not, like internally, I don't worry about what's going to happen. Like, even moving over from FLW to the elites, like, yeah, essentially going from one pro circuit to another. Like, like is it going to be all right? Like, can I still compete? That kind of stuff. Now, I feel like I can compete. Uh, I've got enough of a niche here because of your nickname and <laughs> moderate success that I should be able to stick around uh that that's mainly the only thing i i, I really want to win an event but yeah it's never like my whole career i've been way better at consistency than i have been at about hitting the home run and 
I've yet to win a major event, but I've won a couple AOIs and I've won like a coast AOI and the rookie of the year and stuff. It, it's just like, for some reason, my way of fishing kind of grav- gravitates to doing well, but I, I really want to step it up and try to win an event. I was thinking about it the other day, actually, and I, I started kind of chuckling to myself. I figured out the last four, my last four professional seasons going back all the way to FLW, I've missed two checks in every single season. So like, wow. and it's just like, well, I got, so that's my other goal, like miss less than two checks. So that, but you don't look at missing the two te- checks per season that I'd say that's fairly strong. Wouldn't you? Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Like I'm, I'm proud of that. Like that's, that's good. If I miss two checks, I should make the classic and I should make at least 70 grand if you make 10 grand for every one of the other ones. So you're, you're keeping your head above water, staying in the black and everything. That's all good. But like to move up and to like take your career to the next level, like I have to do more than make a few top tens and cash $10,000 checks at this point. So the goal is to go for the W, correct? Or, or can that be a goal? Like, can you just say, okay, now I'm fishing to win? It's hard. Like, I, I really feel like I go out there every day trying to put together the best tournament I can. So whether that's catch the biggest bag every day, it's not always that. It's not always catch the biggest bag every day because there are times you want to lay off fish and times you want to but I have to, I don't know. I, I feel like with confidence, I'm hoping at some point I'm going to break through whatever this barrier is that allows me to like take another step forward. And you hear about other people saying, well, like the first one's always the hardest to get. And it seems like once you get a win or one or something like that, it seems like it becomes a lot easier. We'll see. I haven't got there yet. <laughs> Do you, from the looking from the outside, do you think that getting easier? Do you think that's just because there's some code that is shuffled in your head, and you're like, okay, now I know how to do it? Or do you think it's that wind gives you confidence, and that confidence makes it easier? Yeah, I think the wind definitely gives you confidence, and like a muscle memory, like this is how it's done. This is how you close the deal that's part of it i think just like the all-encompassing experience of fishing continuously for more and more years like your your catalog of information on lakes and how to react to different scenarios like changes and allows you to do better but it's just something you have to accumulate. I think at least that's the way it is for me. Like just talking with friends, like I, I travel with Brian new and Brian Schmidt for the end of the season last year. And both of those guys are notorious for winning big events. And I'm like, I'm so jealous of them. Cause I'm like, I would not be shocked if I won something like an AOI before ever winning an elite event, similar to something like Swindle did. 
just yeah. because that's the way my career has gone this far. And we always have like little arguments or talk like me and Schmidt about how he would wish he would be more consistent. But I'm like, dude, you've got like 11 wins. How can you be <laughs> upset about this nonsense? But, but yeah, it, you always want to be, you always want more, whichever kind of side you are on that coin. Yeah. Yeah. Keep driving for more. And I mean, hanging out with guys like that, I, you know, I, I'm sure that doesn't hurt either. You know what I mean? And, and, and it, you know, it's almost like a perfect combo when you look at like a Schmidt who needs a guy like you, that's a lot more consistent. And, and then you look at him where I think there is something where you're in you that, you know, and I just look at it from the outside where it's like, now all of a sudden I know when to drop the hammer. You know what I mean? It's deciphering when it's time to fish for a check and when it's time to, you know, when you really have that thing. And uh, the amazing thing though, is uh, I don't think there's anyone in the industry that, that thinks it's a question of if with you, it's just more of a question of when, but uh, man, thank you for being you. And thank you for opening up a little bit on this show. I mean, it, uh, a lot, I, I think you're a very valued part of the elite series and you have a great future with us. And uh, I, I, I don't take offense to sleepy assassin. Oh, uh, yeah, I appreciate it. I, like I said, I, I watch you pretty much every week when I'm driving around or listen to you. And I, I was wondering when or if I get a phone call to get on there. At the same time, I've seen the last few guys you've had, Seth and Robertson and Swindle and Taku twice, which I totally and completely understand. But it's like, okay, well, one of these weeks he's going to have a little slower week and then I'll get the phone call put me up. <laughs> You realize, you know, it's so like people, I wish I was that calculated. Like people are like, well, he's had this person, that person, like it's literally okay. I talked to so-and-so this week, or, you know, I do have a list of people that I'd like to get on. You know what I mean? But uh, see, yeah, just like sponsors. I mean, people, anglers are never satisfied. Okay. Right. See, I, I, I'll have, this show will cause more bullshit for me than it, than it will. I don't oh, know. Yeah. Yeah. Most people watching this are just like the whole fishing side and the tournament side of it and everything don't realize just how disorganized everything really is. <laughs> it's kind of just, it, it's just that, like, it's a lot of phone calls and, hey, let's put this together and then it just happens. Like, that's yeah. the way sponsorship things seem to happen more often for me than anything, too. It's just, hey, it it's not, at least for me, it hasn't been sending out a bunch of resumes and stuff like that it's you talk to somebody and get to know them and then randomly like hey something popped up and they thought of you and that's the way it that's the way most of it seems to go down at least for me well i hope it keeps going down right for you thank you for spending a little time uh with me and uh i'm sure i'll have you on here again hopefully it sounds good call me anytime and then in florida if you stay down a little while we'll go to harry potter world Harry Potter world. I can't, <laughs> I can't wait. You can put it on social media or maybe you can live blog from there. Well, let's, let's make the next show next show. The next show we do together will be from Harry Potter. Land. <laughs> uh, I mean, what, what's the big ride at Harry Potter land? Uh, they got a few rides, but it's not that they don't have the thing about it is, is a lot of them are like, they have video screens in front of you. It's like a roller coaster, but still a, yeah screen so make sure that you like take like like i don't get seasick but i still take like 
an anti-nausea thing if you're going to go on those because they can be really uh they can get to you fast just because you can't see what you're doing or anything trust me if i'm going to harry potter world (laughs) i'm gonna be on something (laughs) (laughs) thank you very much and i look forward to seeing you on the elite series we'll see you in a couple months thank you brother Week after week, we have different guests, and I truly say the same two things to all of them. First question I ask them before we hit record is, is there anything you don't want to talk about? Without an exception, every single one of them has told me everything is fine. And the next question is, are you going to be honest, totally honest and upfront? And they all have been. And I would say Austin Felix continued that tradition uh, with spades i mean he was just open honest and himself and that's all you're going to get from this show no controversy no bullcrap just open honest conversation and um and we'll be here on wednesday i mean i don't know whether it'll be mercer in the morning whether it'll be in the evening but wednesday will upload you guys let me know in the comments you want it uploaded earlier or later and um and that's it. This um, this show's over. Thanks for watching. Please like, comment, and subscribe. Because Bob Cobb of the Bassmasters told you to. You hear?